on today's job board. Bree Kenny subs in for Dan. Women's U.S. Open, Burger Dog, ADWR update, beers, Stump the Peter, Owls, and of course, a little course happening. The views and opinions presented in this episode of From the Jingleys podcast are strictly those of Matt, Dan, and Bree, and do not reflect those of their respective clubs. The content of this podcast is meant for entertainment purposes only. And now, let's tee off. Everybody, welcome to episode number sixty-eight of From the Jingleys. Uh, we are missing someone, Dan. Uh, I believe it's uh, his little daughter's first birthday, so he bailed on me. So we made the uh, well. Actually, this call was already in. I had mentioned last week we we're going to have a guest. So now I just have a, a legit co-host. I don't have a guest. I got a co-host, uh, Bree Kenny with uh, Troon, the environmentalist, the bird lady, uh, the owl lady. And the uh, apparently one of the a superintendent she, some, thank the super tweet went out the other day, and there you were yep. yanking a hose from the Olympic Club when all the ladies were out there volunteering. Brie, what is going on? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a superintendent now, so <laughs> put some respect on my name. <laughs> I that like was- uh really picked up a hose one time got a photo taken and now i'm the stock photo for yeah, it was a nice little it was a little photo but yeah as soon as i saw it i was like oh god that's brie and then like an hour and a half later you were like you put out a tweet i, th- I said i thought it was uh think of volunteer day that must have been yesterday <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm glad you said that. so again. that was when you volunteered out there with at the olympic club for the uh ladies mm-hmm. u.s open and that's where you know, uh, you'll have to tell the story because I'll mix up names. But that was a host of women that went out there to volunteer and you took part in it. Give us a little mm-hmm. feedback on that experience. Yeah, that was uh, at, that was one of the best things I've done in golf and in my life. But yeah, that was, uh, we had about 30 women total there. Um, not all superintendents and assistants. <clears throat> I'd say half of them were. Uh, and then they, they wanted to kind of reach out because we're still trying to build this women in golf, yep. find out who each other are. So we brought some of the researchers like um, Maggie at University of Minnesota, I don't, writer, reader, uh, Beth Girdle, and then Kimberly Gard from Syngenta, kind of Troy contacted her, Troy Flanagan, the uh, I guess he's director of agronomy there. So Troy and Kimberly kind of put that together and started reaching out to the women and um then we had a ton of sponsors like syngenta and rainbird helped us all actually get out there oh nice so yeah and i had met some of them before at the right before covid hit in 2019 there was the bayer women in golf event so i had met some of them previously but then there were more women that i never even knew existed there and i like it was more fun at that event just because we were like in the field together you know yeah. being there so when you get all to know somebody long. yeah yeah way better than in the seminar you know just hanging out <laughs> all stuck at a seat now you're like forced to basically help each other you know you're riding you're freezing cold because you're out there hanging out in the bay uh you guys just left here and it was probably 90 degrees and you got there and I saw the photos <laughs> and uh, Jeff Jensen, our Southwest rep yeah. of uh, GCSAA, he looked like where's Waldo yeah. and he looked miserable, miserable. He looked freezing cold. It was just funny. It was like it was probably 40s in the morning and then it yeah. just gets that raw 
50-ish, maybe low 60s. But to us, that's winter hat weather, you know, and it's raw, damp. So it's in your bones. You're never going to warm up to it, you know. Yeah, uh, I, I would say the one thing, though, that it's the humidity. There was more moisture. So, like, actually, um, Rob Collins' assistant in training, I met her on the plane up there. So we were the two from Phoenix. We were warmer than the Florida girls because the Florida girls are kind of that heat and humidity. Yep. But us with the like moisture in there, we were like, this actually is pretty nice. Yeah, but we were still insulated. bundled yeah. up. But yep. not as bad. It like almost didn't feel as bad as winter here. Yeah. Were you, uh, what, I guess, what was one of the things that you took away from it that just at the end of it all, you kind of just went, whoa. That was, was it the whole operation? how it all goes or do you think the people that are there doing the job they did treat this as kind of the work is over this is the celebration of it all like we're not going to fix anything in the next four days five days that we haven't fixed for i mean it's the olympic club so what's going to need to be fixed but dialed in for playability you know your firmness is right on the greens that should have been done weeks ago so now do you see those guys or do you see you know the director of agronomy, all his assistants and superintendents and the crew kind of like still walking around on eggshells a little bit just because they're going to be presented on TV. Uh, definitely still on eggshells because, you know, the um, USGA is out there every morning still giving critiques. But, yeah, like what we kept – well, what I kept saying that week was like obviously Troy and his crew put in all the work beforehand, and it was really them, but – us showing up like it, this was really great to highlight the women but the women's job was really just not to mess it up basically because their crew was the ones that were there yeah. every day for the past couple of years um it's almost it'd be that support team that relief that's why i was wondering if do you see them still kind of on eggshells or is it like hey we can kind of sit back and let our volunteers kind of <laughs> shine it for us a little bit um gosh i i feel like they were still out there you know just like looking at everything and so i think they were still they weren't ready to relax that week definitely um and then you know things happen like a tree fell at one point so it was like you got to clean that up real quick and it's still scramble like yeah you know so there's still plenty to do and um we were even there late a couple nights just to take care of extra things uh so yeah i think I can't say uh, what it was like for them, but it seemed like they were still, they weren't ready to just re fully relax. Yeah. Did you sense amongst a lot of the volunteers there that they took on a little bit of that? Like they could feel the buzz. So it was like, okay, we need to get our shit together uh, and be on point. Or did you see some people kind of like, you know, I don't want to single any, obviously I'm not singling anybody out, but you know, there was probably, whatever 10 percent of them that were like whatever because i know uh dave cox my old work wife he did the men's u.s open when it was out there when uh webb simpson won and he remember i remember him saying you know he got brought out there with brian whitlock with the usga so it was this whole kind of like i'm being brought here i'm gonna do my best and plus phil would have killed him if mm. he didn't show you know his company's name you know represent desert highlands never mind represent the industry represent the kid from arizona going out there you know yeah. he needed to be and dave's the type that isn't going to screw up or you know 
jeopardize anything, but he remembers, yeah, he was the guy that moved the board for the greens mowers. That was his gig every day. Mm, that's and what he I was did. obviously hoping, yeah, hoping to be like, maybe, you know, maybe mow a few. You know, next day, it's like we got so many volunteers. So then he went around with Brian and kind of did soil, uh, you know, the firmness oh, yeah. meter, just mm-hmm. checking that and putting out flags for him to tell the hand-watering guys to kind of hand-water here or don't hand-water here. Uh, he said you should have seen how many guys were put on bunkers the first day, never showed up again. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. It's crazy how, and as I was kind of telling that kind of – it's weird how that really works in the day to day. You put a guy in bunkers for a few days and all of a sudden he doesn't show up. Yeah, like this isn't golf course maintenance, but you got to stick them there. They got to sweep floors first. You know, you don't just show up at your first one and be like, oh yeah, you're going to go mow greens today. Fuck no. Those, yeah. That's for the crew that works on those greens every single day. You know, the fairway mowers, are the guys that mow these things every single day. Yeah, exactly. That's what, cause I was on the greens crew and I was nervous at first, like, they're going to make me mow these screens that I'm not familiar with, but I was doing turning boards. And so I think it, it kind of depended on the job. I think, you know, the females that have worked on maintenance, um, especially the superintendents and assistants, they were like ready to go. And they were just like, they wanted that would to, be me. Yeah. And <laughs> they, they were great. And they, they had, you know, they were on fairway mowing, um, cut, uh, cup cutting, uh some of them just was like even after the jobs were done they were like okay what what can i jump on next what a piece yeah. of equipment like they were just ready to jump in anywhere they were, they didn't seem nearly as nervous as me um and then a lot of them were doing hand watering but then you know with some of the ones that were doing like the rough fluffing and stuff like that they could be a little bit more relaxed. rough fluffing <laughs> is just going around with blowers and rakes and taking out all the tire tracks and Basically, that kind of thing is kind of stand that stuff up as best you can yeah. and leave it making look like nobody went through it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it, it kind of like depending on what you're doing and then. And then, and then every leave is picked up off the ground. Every piece of trash has already been probably cleaned from the night before. Yeah. Divots filled. Yeah. That's what we did. Took, we at like, night, right? Yeah. At, we all ended up on divots at some point during the night to make sure every single one was filled filled and, and if that you're was not like, sure throw some sand down yeah basically yeah <laughs> so and that was actually fun though because you'd be it's an easy job so you're walking all the holes together and you're yeah. getting to know these people from across the country so i thought like you could say some of the jobs they gave us were beneath some what some people do but none of us cared because right, we were yeah. just like we're, we're all in it together yeah and if this is the here, first time and it's like the, it, for a lot of us it was weird because we've never been around that many women and even Troy's crew was so cool to us and a lot of us you know when you're the only female or something you know you go through some stuff and but there it was just like complete acceptance just joking around and a a more of a relaxed feeling like you didn't have to be as guarded so I think that was one of the best things was like you're just out there every day having so much fun with the whole crew yeah and and so like that's why divots were i've never had that much fun filling divots i said because it was like oh i'm with a ton of people yeah just hanging out yeah that's what it kind of felt like and it was like oh i don't care i've gotten like what four hours of sleep in the past week but i'm still Mm -hmm. just like so happy to be filling a divot so when did you get out there wednesday or 
Thursday of it, or did you oh, go no. the Monday? We got out there on Sunday. Oh. Yeah, because, well, you know, we had to do... A- I bet if I guessed six more days, I would have got it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <You know? laughs> at some point. Yeah, At some point, I was at some <laughs> Yeah, Probably the last day. <laughs> I would have been like, really? Yeah, we were there Sunday to Sunday. Well, I, there were maybe a couple people that just had busy schedules, but yeah, because we just had to do that COVID testing and make sure you get all oh, that yeah. done on Sunday. But all of us were ready to go on Monday. And I would say... Two, the nice thing was like Monday morning, I think a lot of us were more nervous, like, okay, like what are we going to be doing? How is this going to be doing? But then by Wednesday, we were just in the flow of it. Like it was our own course. Yeah. So that's cool. Everybody kind of takes ownership for it. And I mean, for all you ladies that were out there, it must have just been kind of one of those like this is cool where we're representing, especially the, uh, you know, you're in it. You're in the industry but not a superintendent or assistant. You're just around golf all the time. But for the ladies that have been grinding for years, none of them I can imagine are ever looking for this acceptance thing. It's just, no, this is what I fucking do. You know, that's, this is just what I do. But that day when they rolled in and saw all of you there, it had to have been like, all right, we're finally either a being noticed or we're making waves i don't i'd love to kind of hang out with one of those older ones one that pops to my name my head is i think she's jennifer torres out of Mm. new jersey she won the border collie when i was at the golf industry show yeah that's one of my main reasons why i really remember her is (laughs) because i wanted sorry cody i was trying to shop while before you died but i was looking uh, but yeah, she won it. And then it was kind of, I followed that dog forever. Now I, I mean, she's been in this industry for a long time Yeah, as one of the, in my lifetime, one of the only women that I ever knew as a head superintendent and a quote unquote, one of the good ones, you mm-hmm. know, that means you, you've been in this a while and you're very good at your job. Yeah. And sadly she couldn't make it for, I can't remember why. So I didn't get to meet her yet, but I see her, you yeah. know, um, and, but there were, there were women just like her there. Like, uh, there's Tammy Jones in Arkansas, Sue Spar. She's up in Wisconsin, I think, or Minnesota. And these ladies have been around for a while, like 20 years and they've been doing this and just grinding away silently. Um, and then there's Pam Brown in Colorado. She kind of she takes she works at Vail Resort, so she's got the golf course and a lot of other things okay. to do. Um, and the, yeah, those women, I mean, we we call them the OGs, but yeah, they're so inspiring because they they were doing this, you know, probably n- didn't even think another woman was out and there. Unfortunately, didn't the shit they probably had to run and through. Yeah, they probably been through worse than you any know, of us. Back in the late 80s, early 90s, you know, as their young bucks coming through and it's, you know, getting their first jobs. And it's like, whoa, yeah. Yeah, that's what I think that was one of the cool things. It's those that was one of those experiences where it goes beyond words. You just feel it like yeah. you can feel something in the air between these people. And there's like a record. I said it was like a recognition of souls almost like. They've been doing this, and it's like even though they live across the country, like there's an instant understanding there between mm-hmm. them, and like it was just 
the feelings that you had when you were in the room together and stuff. It was kind of like when I walk around and I see a kid with a Red Sox hat on out here in Arizona. <laughs> Is that kind of like the same thing? You just kind of look at him and you give him the nod, you know, and he's freckled and red hair. And actually, you know, I think it would probably just yells be- wicked. It's more like when Browns fans see each other out here. It's like, oh, yeah, you guys look the other way. <laughs> you guys are just like, you guys kind of put your hand up and just kind of, no, don't really see you there. Hey, nice, not lately. We're nice kind hat, of like dude. <laughs> <laughs> nice hat. <laughs> yeah. He's one of them. No, but that must have been really cool to see is watch them. It's kind of not even the unspoken eye to eye. Like, what up, girl? Yeah. You know? We made it. <laughs> yeah. And even like for me, like you could see even that there's like girls my age that are assistants and you can tell they're on the verge of becoming super tense and watching them bond together is that was cool because it was like, here we go. Yeah. Exactly. We're starting I, this. Yeah, exactly. If you're in, I'm in. Yeah. And let's go. And that's what and we can look over at those ladies over there and be like, all right, they made it. They paved the way. Yeah. You know, uh, I don't know. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, Burger Dog. I think you said it was no bueno. Oh, uh, I don't get it. Andy, Andy, I'm sorry. I had known this. I heard that it was not really that good. Oh, Uh, my God. Well, let me just say that I thought a Burger Dog was a burger stuffed with hot dog pieces. And I was so excited. I was like, this is so American. But then it was just a burger patty and a hot dog bun. And I was like, yeah, it's a a tube. I just paid eleven dollars for this thing, but if it was if it was stuffed with hot dogs, I think I would have been blown away. (laughs) I I still want to try one, but (laughs) in order to try one, I got to play Olympic Club. So that's really probably more what I'm looking forward to is to one day get out there and play Olympic Club. When we were in Dallas uh, at the Cowboys Club, I forgot to mention this last week is we get to the turn and. Uh, with your greens fee, you get food at this turn. You have whatever, yeah. you know, and they got hot dogs, chips, you know, all sorts of other things. You know, you got to pay for your beers, but I believe sodas and, you know, the hot dog or the spicy sausage. Mm. It was about a foot and a half long, hung out on both ends of the bun. It was fabulous. I cannot stand hot dogs, but I love me a good sausage, and this thing was awesome. And the fact that you could, you could get it, I think, after number seven, and then you wheel back around after number 11, right by to go tee off at 12. So you could actually get two. So Drew got <laughs> one of them as a regular style, hunting in the bun. And the other guys were like, where'd you get that? He says, I just picked it up there. And his group behind us, we had already known him because Ryan Copenhaver, he, been, he works with Arcus and he knew the whole deal. You got to get mm. these things. And, uh, on the second time around, you know, as they're coming back through, the other guys in Drew's group were like, hey, we're going to get us, you know, Jimmy and Andrew. They're like, hey, we got to get one of those things. And Drew sees a guy getting it chopped up. No bun, no fixings. It's now just bite-sized pieces. He said that was the way to go. But oh, so, yeah. So maybe you take the burger dog and you just chop it up into little pieces, and then you got little meatballs. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should have done that. And then I would have been shocked into thinking it was great. Yeah. That's funny. That that thing is. Uh, I mean, it's talked about by many people. Dan's gonna be disappointed. Dan could be here right now to tell you, no way you were out of your mind, but not but here. Not. So sorry, Dan. Uh you want to dive right into what we're doing here? 
Well, yeah. let me tell a weird story that happened yesterday. Let's flip oh, yeah, this yeah. thing a little bit. So yesterday <laughs> I had this weird, and I wanted him to be here for this one because I wanted to text him the whole issue. But I was like, oh, save it tomorrow, save it tomorrow. So we're out right now on the golf course. Uh, I dropped seed on Monday, so I'm prepping. So I went around already, sprayed the whole place Tuesday and Wednesday with Primo, shut the Bermuda grass down from growing vertically, and then I go out there in the past two days, three days, because tomorrow i got a couple more holes to do, spraying Diquat. And that just burns a leaf blade, gives you a little, buys you a little extra time to get that ryegrass to pop and get grown before the Bermuda gets going back. So I'm cruising on the uh, spray rig number nine, and a fly <laughs> flies into the side of my head and catches my ear. And like mm-hmm. in my ear, you know, on the outside, it kind of gets caught up in there and he's buzzing and I'm whacking because I'm thinking it's a bee. Ah. Uh. And I'm like, oh, my God, this thing's going to sting me. So I'm beating the shit out of my side of my head trying to get this thing out of there, right? Well, doesn't this little thing go inside my ear? No right? way. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I'm driving, trying to keep the spray rig straight and all this. And I'm, you can imagine, freaking out at this point. The fucking fly goes in my ear canal. Like, in it. What? In it. Like and barely. I cannot get it out. Ugh. And now I'm kind of freaking out. So for, I call my mechanic and I'm like, Hey man, cause I got to spray. I ain't going to die, but I got to get this shit done, but I got to do something about this. Cause it's now not coming out oh my God. and it's a weird feeling. The weirdest thing is he's alive. So he's buzzing and scratching <laughs> what feels like about an inch inside of my head. Oh my God. That'd be freaky. So for two and a half hours, he's squealing and digging so I call my assistant, say, hey, man, I need your help. He said, what's up? I said, I need you to go to the CVS and get one of those little, like, sucker things that, you you know, to get mm-hmm. baby's ear wax out and stuff. I said, I need that. Mm-hmm. So can you go do that? He's like, oh, I'm really busy. Let's send Mark, the mechanic. So Mark's going. I tell Mark also. So I call my, uh, text my wife. I'm like, hey, I got a fly inside my head. I'm like, what do I do? She's like, well, you probably need to go to urgent care. And I'm like, well... I got a spray. I'm not going to die, but I'm looking at urgent care later today. Oh my God. She says, get peroxide. It'll flush it out. Okay. So I get, he tell Mark, get peroxide. So fill up the tank again while he's off and off I go again, back out on the golf course. I'm spraying a couple more holes. And the whole time this thing's inside, inside of my head. Yeah. Oh my God. And I can feel him trying to move around. And when I went to whack this thing out of my head, I felt it and I thought, that's a pretty good size housefly is what I'm imagining. And two and a half hours later, I get the, so two and a half hours after I had done this or this thing flew in my head, I get peroxide and that kills it because it just suffocates it. Yeah. But I was hoping it was going to flush it. Nope. So all day long, this is at eight in the morning, this happened. <laughs> I leave the golf course after spraying fairways, went back, rinsed the tank out, cleaned it all up, and then I had to go spray my uh, last application of the uh, fungicide because of the root rot that I was dealing with. So I'm there until like 4.30, and this thing's still in my head. Then I have to go to urgent care and tell them the whole story, yada, yada, yada. They got to flush this thing. The most scalding hot water in a syringe blasted into your ear. I'm covered in tattoos and I've never felt pain. Acute pain to one little spot. 
like that was. Really? And then out came this fly. <laughs> and I'll show you a picture of it if you want to see it. And I'll post this thing. But You should post it. Yeah, it was, it's good size. But that was the freakiest thing that's, I think, ever happened to me on the golf course as far as like, like an injury type thing or whatever. But uh, yeah, if anything flies in your head. Don't worry about it. Just get a syringe and blast your eardrum <laughs> with scalding hot water and the thing will come out, apparently. That's some dedication, too. Like, yeah. who leaves the that? The whole time my wife was like, like, oh, I need to spray instead. So any the other can... day, Any other time, I was like, she's like, you need to go to urgent care. I was like, I don't need this shit right now. <laughs> like, I got to get this shit done. So That's I'm crazy. not. Yeah. So there's my story for the day. So your let's ear. move back on to why you're really here. Uh <laughs> Other than co-hosting. Yeah. Water update. Uh, the first time you were on, as uh, some of the, our new listeners, Brie was already on. Uh, was it probably three or four months ago after the water meeting? Yeah, something uh, like that. You came on, gave us an update about what our issues are here in Arizona and the fight with ADWR to get us the correct allotments. And then uh, how long ago was it? Three, four weeks ago now? It's got to be Ooh. longer, actually. It was August 17th, I think. Okay. So a month. Was another meeting that was kind of thrown out there by ADWR, correct? Yeah. Uh, without the big announcements of last time, uh, where we all knew about it, because I think it was maybe maybe less than a week before I'd gotten the email, and I was doing something where it was, at the time it was you know same as last, like an 11 o'clock meeting or whatever it was. It was like, no, there's no way I'm going to make this. Um mm-hmm. Take it away. Give us yeah. the update of what we're doing. And you have a note sheet. I hope this. <laughs> I'm not going to read it. No, no. For, word for word. Um, like a eulogy. Like notes. a eulogy to ADWR. <laughs> <laughs> I bring notes everywhere. So, yeah. I brought them last time, too. I just didn't look at them. Um, but, yeah, I'll say I'll take some ownership of that communication because we had heard about it, but we didn't put out that blast either that we did before because it just didn't feel because that that other meeting the director of ADWR specifically said we don't think that you guys are representing a bunch of people and we were like well okay then we'll just bring them all to the table and it's not like like for me for Troon it we have 40 golf courses in the AMA so it's like me and Jeff Spangler representing 40 superintendents 40 GMs plus the assistants care as well since they're going to inherit this problem so it was like okay we'll bring them all to the table um so then with this meeting once we found out about it it was kind of short notice and we were like the it sounded like there wasn't going to be much that changed anyway so we were just kind of like all right we'll just go and they waste what three-fourths of the meeting anyways so we were just kind of like beating around every bush until they go "Uh oh time's up we'll see you next time one of their two of the two tactics is to waste time and then just put the information up in a misleading way so yeah we like that's what you can expect um but basically what they decided on was they kind of they made some of the changes that we recommended but honestly this still isn't something that a plan that we like um and by we i mean the people that I've been involved with working on this is the Cactus and Pine Water Committee and then the Alliance members. Uh, 
you know, like we would never, we would have never put a plan together like this if it was up to us. Right. But we were trying to work within ADWR's framework. And one of the big things that I think did help is originally the turf grass consumptive use rate was too low. Mm -hmm. It was at that 5.84 because they were saying you'd be at 80% efficiency, which the third plan is 75 so they're saying you're gonna jump five percent efficiency in two years it's like um and there the argument is from the university of arizona that we might not even the industry might not even be at 75 so it's like right you can't be just messing with that rate um so i would say one of the bigger wins is we got them to go up from the 5.84 to 6.04 when what is 6.04 what um oh so that's acre feet per acre okay and that's for overseeded turf. So um, then the non-overseeded is like at 4.36. But oh. like that's kind of the crux of the issue for me is because in the third management plan, it was down at 4.9 flat. They didn't even want to acknowledge overseeding. And it's like overseeding is the product right. for a golf course. So that's the money maker for the state, for everybody. You know, the it's it's everything is overseeding out here for golf. Yeah, so that blew my mind to hear that in the third management plan. They didn't even acknowledge it, and it was like, so now to get them to finally acknowledge it with the fifth, I think is somewhat of a, it's a mini win. Yeah, it's, it's a baby it's step, something. but it's, yeah. we're leaning. We're leaning in that direction. And that's something we still need to work on in the future, too, because Dr. Brown from University of Arizona thinks we we should probably be up at the 6.23 for overseeded, and so we're, we could still be a little too low. Um so that's that's one big thing. Um, another big thing is the effluent credit didn't change. So people who are getting effluent water in the Phoenix AMA, at least it counts as 0.6, which I think is really huge because they wanted to decrease that credit because they said the quality has gotten better, and that's very arguable. It depends on where you are. Yeah. yeah. For and the ones that pay the most in property taxes yeah that one has but a oh, lot yeah. of the other ones haven't yeah and and, and when you factor Not the one in out there in fountain hills or rio verde those things are 19 early 80s late 70s technology exactly so it was like well how are you making that decision that effluence all, all of a sudden better yeah and, oh and that was like and we know they don't talk to people because with they were trying to you know set overseeing limits and stuff and someone had the bright idea to ask them oh how'd you decide that and they were like oh we talked to this one person and we were like you talked to one person affiliated with the industry and you thought you knew everything about overseeding after that enough to make policy on right so again it's probably one of those things they probably talked to one property who had decent effluent and said oh right let's change it but yeah they knew where to get their information from yeah exactly so so the effluent credit is not changing that's good um the, the rough part of this is um, it's going to be the higher acreage facilities that are going to need to either reduce turf. Well, reduced turf is going to be one of the big ones um, unless you're a higher acreage facility and you aren't overseeding much. You might, right. you might be okay, and that might be a decision that you can play with within your allotment, but that's, that's going to be where most of the savings in the fifth comes from. And I know that's pretty controversial. We had in that meeting in August, there were two properties that had lawyers that were specifically fighting back against that. But 
at the same time, they're some of the highest acreage ones. Yeah. So it's kind of like, well, you're going to have to do something now that we're getting to this point. But I, I get that you can't just make a huge drastic change with turf. Correct. Yeah. And I know, you know, Arizona had applied or Cactus and Pine had applied for, you know, the grant money or Arizona did, right? The grant money that came about for reducing the turf is it's going to help out some of these clubs. Yeah. So I can. So that's what Cactus and Pine and the Alliance together did applied for this grant before we even knew it was going to happen with the fifth because for people that might be listening oh weird that we were ahead of the game weird okay. <laughs> yeah not weird and just us as the industry golf course superintendents themselves are usually way ahead of this game yeah exactly and <laughs> that's what's so ironic about all of this um because we keep getting blamed and it's like you should be asking actually some of these superintendents what they're doing. Um, but yeah, so we applied for this because if it's not, some people might think that this new plan is limiting turf in a way that wasn't before. ADWR was always limiting turf. They just, in their original plan, it was like, you know, it was in the fine print. It took me weeks to even figure out what they were doing. And so they were already limiting it. And this new plan is just limiting it a little bit more but and making it clear what's going on. So that's why we had applied for this grant before because we knew that no matter what, high acreage courses were going to have to reduce. Yeah, budgetary, no matter what, even without you know the government coming down on it or these stipulations, it was for budgetary reasons. You know, you you got to start cutting somewhere. Right, and when you have two years in between plans, like we said, you can't just improve your irrigation systems. Yeah. So you're limited in options of how you're going to save water. Especially when you can't even find PVC pipe. <laughs> yeah. Can't even find the pipe. I know a, there's a place here in Arizona lined up to redo the entire irrigation system. A couple million bucks. Every head and every part is in except for the PVC. PVC is going to go up an extra $200,000, is the number I heard. What? And the club said, fuck it, we're holding off. Well, there but you go. we had all these heads, probably 1,800 irrigation heads ordered, swing joints, ordered. all these things are ordered and ready to go. And PVC pipe doubles, well, whatever, 25% increase in price, maybe more, puts it up to just in pipe. Two hundred to two hundred fifty thousand dollars more, and club says no. Nope, sorry, can't. We're not doing it. Right. I mean, you can't. I had two hundred feet of two-inch PVC pipe. It took three days, four days to get three stores to go to by the supplier. Jeez. For two hundred, they should have had ten thousand feet sitting at the at one store. Nope, can't get it. That's the I didn't know there was a PVC shortage too. Oh yeah, it's unbelievable. Uh, the the contractor National Turf that did all the work at the golf course, he drove around one Saturday, eight different stops for twelve two inch caps for the end of the pipe, at the very end. He needs twelve of these things. Should be able to walk into Home Depot and buy a box of twenty five like that or whatever your supplier is. Went to eight stores, went into eight. one of them. And says, this was probably in July, maybe early August. I'm saying late July. Walked in there and said, I need 
12 two-inch caps. He says, I got 12. He says, I'll take all 12 of them. Nope. Can only sell you four. Oh. I'm going to max out at four because somebody else might come through oh. and need them. No hoarding the stuff, which I get, but it took him eight stops to get 12 pieces on a Saturday Jesus. afternoon. Yikes. Yeah. But yeah, you're supposed to fix your irrigation system in four years with no pipe. <laughs> yeah. Good luck. Good luck. Just run hose out there. No biggie. Well, so yeah, I guess I can. So the grant, I can give some details about that. That might, if anyone has questions, they can contact the cactus. If you're a member of Cactus and Pine, contact the water committee. Or if you're a member of the Alliance, you can contact me. Um, I know the, the people that we're working with in the Alliance want to call every single golf course that's um, eligible for the grant just to make sure that they're aware. So they're going to be working with the Office of Tourism on that. Basically, if you're a golf course that was built before 1986, um, over five acres per hole, which is 90 acres if you're an 18-hole, and you're using groundwater, you get priority for the grant. So because most of the older courses in Phoenix and in Arizona, most of them, when they were being built, they were using wells, so they're on groundwater, and most of them were higher acreage they're the ones that are going to be more impacted and they're the ones who are using the majority of the groundwater that we need to save so this grant was the idea is to help them understanding that they're going to need to reduce Damn, i wish desert canyon still had 120 acres of turf we could get that grant money but yeah yet they did it years ago well, we got a we got a uh, well this was before i was there but i definitely know that there was you know a credit given for getting rid of that much turf i mean they almost cut it in half Oh, they so did. So we went from so 120 to 68. Oh, yeah. Jeez. I probably shouldn't say that because I know somebody still thinks that I have 120 acres of turf. Yet I've wrote in 68 on my... Uh, yeah. Well, I've, I I've written everything on there that I'm supposed to write on there, but yet every year it's all fucked up. And that's the uh, form I got to fill out to pay these people for water. So pay attention, kids. Listen to the jingweeds. I promise you'll <laughs> learn something. Yeah, exactly. That's ADWR records. Not very good. Which they're not is very why. good, which is they're going off of those. And that's and to make these decisions. And that's also part of the issue. Yeah, which is why, honestly, like we had some of these lawyers speaking out against the alliance. And they, I've never heard of that. They've never spoken up at a meeting before. So it was like, why are you waiting until the 11th hour? Um, for those who don't know, the alliance was just is just... Um, it was created out of this water issue, recognizing that, like, hey, this, like, me and Jeff as Troon were going to these meetings, and then, we, like, Cactus and Pine superintendents were going to these meetings, Rob Collins, and it was like, why don't we all just get together, because if we all solidify and kind of come up, we have to come up with the solutions. ADWR isn't going to, right isn't interested in doing this, so we as an industry kind of need to think about this, gather information together to almost... I guess you could say present a united front to them because otherwise if we're all acting individually, it's so easy to mess with everybody. And also beat them with the facts, you know, yes. uh, you know, kind of beat them to the fork in the road. Like, Hey, we're here waiting and we've got all our shit ready. What do you got? Yeah. Nothing or not so much. One course you called. That's yeah, a buddy of yours, you know, <laughs> exactly. married your sister. You don't want to make him pissed off. So I'll call him. That Yeah. That's exactly what we need because 
if we can all if we can do that on our end and show that we're put together and show all the holes that we've been talking about with ADWR I think that'll help us in the future um so yeah we need so that's what the that's the purpose of the alliance it's to kind of take ownership and we're bringing in you know like we've got the aid uh, American Golf Association the PGA uh, the general manager. So she, like we're trying to bring in anyone who's related to golf in Arizona that way. Anybody, that, ha- anybody that has, <laughs> I already talked about this. So you're talking about anybody that has a job because of superintendents <laughs> should yes. probably follow along with what we're doing. Um, yeah. Sorry. That was my ego getting in the way. And I already had a little conversation about my <laughs> ego and, uh, yeah. So there it was, it was the same exact conversation, wasn't it? Like yeah. 25 minutes. Well, shit, 40 nine minutes ago because we're at 47 six minutes oh yeah yeah okay uh so yeah they ought to they need to jump on board and it look it helps us out the more we got we look like braveheart you know running up there with all these little clans ready to go to to fight the big boys exactly that's what i see it as and if we can if we can hash out issues ourselves before these meetings we're gonna be a lot better than what has been going on when you have one person stand out and and then causes confusion. And then ADWR loves to use that one voice of dissent to say, oh, I don't know about this. Maybe we heard one person, so I think we should just do whatever we said. Whatever fits yeah. for them. They so, pick out that one voice that fits for them rather yeah. than looking at all the others going, no. Exactly. That's why we need to be like very clear of, hey, this is we've been working on this, and this is how many of us are in the industry. This is the majority of the industry. Um, so yeah, it would be, if you're not part of the Alliance already, I think it's AZ Alliance for golf.org. Just go in there, Just get sign on up. there, click on there, sign your name up, sign your golf course up, whatever you need to do, put another name on the goddamn list. So when they open it up, there's more names there. It's a bigger fight. It's a bigger team. Exactly. And they honestly, they're not even sending emails unless it's, they've sent one since I've been a part of it. Um, since I think earlier this summer and it was just for that one water meeting. Like their okay. goal is to just tell you when something big is coming because otherwise it's kind of, you know, down to your representatives and, and sometimes too much information just starts, the little stuff just keeps beating, beating. It's going to discourage. I know how my industry yeah. works. I know how my peers are. That stuff will just be pushed way aside. If they hear too much about it, just fill me in when I need to be filled in. Otherwise I'm going to be on this Island called the golf course by myself, you know, my own little right. world. I know how they mm-hmm. all work. None of them want to listen. And that's like, but that's kind of makes sense is like you, you have, you have the cactus and pine water committee and the Alliance members. So these are the people that have the time and their superintendents in there and other people like myself. So we can represent you and spend our time fighting. So you guys can actually do your job and yeah. then, and anytime something comes up, like I'm, I'm always asking the superintendents, like, yeah, you guys right, are going I don't to know meeting for us. You're going there to represent me and my peers as you and particularly Jeff that you're working with. And then the whole alliance together. So everybody that's a superintendent, you don't have to get so, so involved. Just get your numbers correct when you fill out these forms or whoever you talk to with the golf alliance. Get your, your shit together. And give them the information, and then the alliance will go to battle for us. Exactly. Yeah. It's just so like, then you can go back to doing what you're doing. Yeah. Put your earbuds in. Keep the flies out of your head. 
which I usually have in my head, and I didn't because it was a nice morning and the sun was coming up and it was a beautiful day and a fly flew in my fucking head. <laughs> Today, I wore earbuds all day long, whether I was listening to music, a podcast, or nothing. Just That's put your earplugs in. Keep, yeah. keep the noise out and the flies out, right? <laughs> One of the many dangers. <laughs> all right. Sorry, go ahead. Um, I'm, uh, I was just grabbing one of these beers you grabbed. Oh, yeah. We can go over that. Oh, the, so the only other things I wanted to mention was if you are not happy with what's coming through with the fifth management plan, um, you can reach out to us, too. There's other options as well. You can file administrative review and administrative variance with ADWR. Um, and these are basically a review is saying, I can't meet that allotment. This is why uh it needs to be this allotment instead and a variance is basically like i can meet it but i need a little bit more time and so uh those are two options and we want to make sure everyone knows about them so they can utilize them and so if you have questions you can reach out to me the alliance cactus and pine we'll get you to the right people so that you know when how to fill those out and when right so like and especially if you're older larger course out there and you're worried please just talk to us because we can explain the help is there yeah there's 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 different avenues for you and we're trying to make this less painful and some of you m- might even be able to get a variance or a review and not it won't be exactly how it's laid out in there do you think because i know of a few clubs um what if you got a place well, okay fuck it this is an issue it's a it's known so dan's place I wish he was here to speak on it, but I'm pretty sure I know it. Ebcor fills out his... Ebcor owns the water in mm. the area that he's here. It's a big company, owns the water in the town of Fountain Hills, plus owns all the water in Rio Verde and a few other places all over the world. They're a Canadian company that has... They just invest in water, and when water hits the stock market, invest every dime you got because you're going to make a fucking bazillion. Because yeah. it's going to go yeah. way up. Uh, he's got other people filling out his reports. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you go about, I guess, just make sure you fill out yours and then go talk to the people and say, hey, what, what, are, you re- what are you turning in here? Yeah, I would say if you don't know who's turning in reports to ADWR, you should figure that out right away. Put that on your calendar to do by the end of the year. Um, they're usually due, I think, by March of every uh, year. March, and uh, yeah. I fill mine out f- the same first week of February every year, and I I seem to make it, but I think it's by the end of February. So March 1st, I think it's, it actually says on the date, of like the 28th of February. So I, fig- oh. I do mine every uh, February 6th or 7th is when I do it. Okay. Uh, but I get the information, I believe, probably January 1, and it says be done in the next two months. I just pick ah. that same time so I can go read my meters at the same, roughly the same time. Makes it easy for me. Okay. Dumb kid, so anything that <laughs> makes it easy is better for all of us. But that's also very smart. Hey, look at me. <laughs> yeah, so then, yeah, then maybe get through overseeding and then first thing you do after that is figure out find out who's doing it because if you're if you don't know then that means it's not you um and i've already had this problem with multiple properties sometimes the city's filling them out sometimes there's a company like ecor and they're not filling them out right and then adwr thinks you like in some cases 
ADWR thinks the property is using groundwater and they're not. So then, and that makes a difference because if you're not using groundwater, you don't have to comply with the conservation allotment. And so you would want to know that. Yeah. And you would want to make sure it's clear on ADWR's report so you're not, they're not trying to fine you. Um, so, yeah. And so if you know who's filling them out and it's not you, I would get with them and just ask them like, hey, how are you? I just want to know how, like, how are you filling these out? Um, can you give me a copy when you send them yeah. to ADWR? That way you can look at it and you know what's what's being reported. Yeah, and, and the day the day that I so I got meters on each one of the wells, but I also have the uh, meter that's on my pump station. So pretty much the day I fill that out, I go and zero that thing out. You know, it does a total allotment over the whole thing, whatever. But I can zero it out at any time. So it's every mm-hmm. year. I just go hit zero out. So what's coming out of the ground? I know the pump station's probably a little bit off, but at least I can look at it and go, all right, one of these isn't right. Or you yeah. know, I can compare numbers. So maybe for those people that don't have, you know, they're not filling it out. Zero the thing out so you see what's going out on your golf course. And then when whoever's filling this form out for you says that you used... 500 acre feet of water you're like uh no i didn't it's right here on this on my meter here it says i use 350 or whatever it is exactly and that like some people might think that's not necessary but i've already seen it happen Uh, and some especially if you have an older system someone's gonna get the word that you are fined for using too much water and you got to pay for it. And that's going to be the general manager or the head pro or whoever's running your facility. And they're just going to turn and look at the guy that's doing it. It's putting that water out. And we again talked about this earlier before we hit the record button. (laughs) You're going to be let go or something that's not your fault. Exactly. So yeah. Or something that possibly you can't control. But yeah, this you can. This at least you can have, you know, a hand in it to control it but some of these things you know guys are getting let go for the dumbest reasons or you're getting pee-pee whacked i say you know or at least for <laughs> sorry this was a we were highlighting the women on this but we get pee-pee whacked for you know messing up and it's like wait a second i've been doing everything that i can do but when you're relying on somebody else that doesn't really give a shit about your job or who you are probably never been on your golf course they're reading meters a mile and a half down the road they don't care yeah. You know, they just they're saving their job by filling out the form that needs to be turned in. They don't give a shit who it is or who it's affecting. Exactly. As long as their paycheck clears on Friday, they don't give a fuck. Yeah. So. And they don't like and they don't really have a concept of wh- what that number really means. Yeah, either. what it means to us, you know, you know the uh I don't know how to say it, the uh the red stain or the black stain, you know, <laughs> is us using too much water. You know, that's the stain on us by the general public or these big organizations that, hey, the golf we're going to go after. Exactly. So don't put the target on your back. I guess that's red stain, black stain. That kind of looks like a target, I guess. It's on (laughs) your back. I guess if you smear it the right (laughs) way. (laughs) In a circle, for sure. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, So thank you for that, though. The update on that. So the point of this is, hey, get shit in line at your facility. It's coming. It's coming hard. Uh, I thank you and the Alliance and everybody that's involved for trying to be the leaders in this and be the voice for us all. And uh, I'm right there with you. I want to kind of make sure that everybody in 
my side of the industry does their part. So yeah, thank you for the update. Uh, mm-hmm. And just on. to be clear, I just want to throw this out there. Like if, if I know this is complicated and I've had to dig into it. So if you have any questions, just contact You're me. You're borderline I'm, an expert at this after all the <laughs> sitting and researching. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I don't know if anyone knows the numbers as well as I do at this point because I'm the one who's explaining them to other people. And so, yeah, I work for Troon, but I'm also a member of Cactus and Pine and the Alliance. And so I'm more than happy to help you. Like if you have a question, contact me. I can, um, I can explain as much as I can to you and help you understand it or direct you on where to go. Because otherwise I know it takes hours to figure some of this stuff out and you guys don't have hours. So if I can save you even some time, I'm easily accessible. You can just search my name on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram. Bird lady. Bird lady, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She's not really the bird lady on any of that, but. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, just search my my name on there and you'll find me. So please feel free to reach out. Like we're, I I just want to make sure that all the golf courses are aware. Yeah, and they're covered. You know, everybody's covered because we're all in this together. Uh, With that, let's move on to something even better. Let's do beer reviews. Oh, yeah. So Bree was, uh, I believe, out hiking out in Colorado and decided to swing over at the local packy up there and grab us some beers. And uh, Eddie Line Brewery, uh, River Runners Pale Ale. Can is uh, two dudes. Raging the Rapids. <laughs> it's a good can uh, with some floaty hops in the river. Looks uh, like a Colorado type of can. Yeah, it's a Colorado type <laughs> of can. Very green. Uh, pale ales. You must be listening because me and Dan are sick of everything else. Double IPAs and everything, all this other uh. shit. Bring some nice crisp pale ales. I'm going a solid par on this. It's, it's not going to. It's going to jump at you. Crazy. It's just solid. Nothing good, nothing bad. Crispy, though. Crispy. Yeah, that's what... So I sent my boyfriend in because I didn't have my ID. And I told him, get, like, a pale ale or something because him and I like darker... Like, he loves reds. I love porters and stouts. And I was like, just get them. And he said the guy in there was like, oh, this is the best easy drinker in Colorado. Everyone's drinking out on the trails. I would say it's uh, it's uh, it's very good. Par is... Par is soft. <laughs> Listen, you get a par... We're going on to the next one. Happy. I think I've gotten maybe one par. Oh, one par. <laughs> In how many holes of golf? <laughs> Hundreds? No, technically mm. 36. I've gone out twice. Oh. So. Well, then that's good. That'll get, I mean, pars get you coming back. Oh. But thank you for bringing that. That's a very good beer, though. Oh, yeah. And I have one more gift because it was Thank a Super mm. Week. Um, oh, yeah. And as a fellow super, I'll thank myself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I brought you guys an extra gift. Oh, yes. But Dan's not here, so maybe you could just take both. That's all right. Black Rifle Coffee, five alarm. It's uh, Black Rifle Coffee, where me and the wife are huge Black Rifle fans. Uh, Just Black is maybe the most solid coffee going. Uh, I love it. You can't screw it up. It's nothing too gassy. Uh, nothing too but it's just <laughs> solid just black coffee uh so i highly recommend uh checking out black rifle coffee too because i am a coffee freak that's gonna be good yeah i Thank love you that, for that. And yeah this one they i think some of it was going to the wildland firefighters so it's like 
Oh, that's the one thing where I'll, it's like a company I like, a cause, I'll impulse buy and just be like, yeah, okay, I'm going to bring gifts. Did you hear uh, him on the guy that started this on Rogan? Go back mm-hmm. maybe a month and a half. He's on there and it's a very good listen. Pretty inspirational shit. Yeah, that uh, was the one after people st- were complaining about him, right? And yes. I think he went on to yeah. be like, uh, shut up. Yeah. Uh, he was really, really, really good. Yeah, I think their company is awesome. So, and I remember I saw that you guys had it, so I was like, another one of us. Yes. So then I was like, okay, I'll just bring this as an extra thank you because you guys, we talked about this earlier too. You guys get ignored. You don't get thanked. Yeah. You get forgotten. So because we live in that little mysterious spot on the golf course, it's like over there. It's kind of overgrown around. I'm just describing mine. Uh, <laughs> It's a lot of cars just in the middle of the golf course, or it's completely hidden at a lot of these that you don't even know where it is. But mine, yeah. unfortunately, we have to drive right across the middle of the golf course. So when any of us oh. leave property in the middle of the day, you got to cut through 18 and number one. Oh, those like look <sighs> both ways. Those ones are hard. <laughs> I don't like those setups. Yeah. Oh no, it's uh, but in nine years, I've never heard of a ball hitting anybody. Other than uh, off of 18, somebody snapping it and putting it through, went through my assistant's back window of his pickup truck and through an old employee's sunroof. And that is like the worst shot in the world to catch one of the cars. It's probably Uh, one of me, someone like me. (laughs) Uh, I don't know, maybe you play the quote unquote forward tee. This is where the dudes play. Like they're even beyond. Like, my mom's a good golfer. She would play the, I guess, the one behind the forward. Uh, and this is coming from the ones behind that. So okay. they should be way better. It's people uh, people getting their money's worth. Like, right. I'm no good, but I'm not going to go play those up there. I got to be tough. The ego gets in the way. They're going to go play back and then chuck a ball through the back window. Yeah, okay. Fucking knuckleheads. Yeah, I forgot. I don't even get enough lift to get into a car anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is down a hill. So this is right, and this is legitimately right in your wheelhouse. (laughs) Top it, and it will go 25 feet down a hill to dead left, smashing through a window. (laughs) Maybe it was you. Yeah. Maybe it was you. (laughs) Oh, shit. Hey, listen, uh, even though Dan's not here, we are, and he knows we're calling. Oh, good. Let's, <laughs> this is going to be Peter fun doesn't for me. Know. Before he picks up, let's see if I can get at this in there. Bro, shit. He's picked up. Oh, <laughs> look at somebody's been looking at caller ID. The other times you answer, hi, this is Peter. Like, I didn't know who it was. <laughs> oh, shit. What's going on? Friday yeah, afternoon. How are you doing? Uh, good. Everything sprayed out at the golf course. I dropped seed on Monday. Nice. So <laughs> not nice. Di- That's really early, dude. It's not I know, nice. Really. I, I saw you spray Dyquat. You don't mow before after the Dyquat? Uh, no. I mow in you, the you seed. You the seed and then you mow it. So everything right now is mowed at 500 and I spray Dyquat and then I chuck the seed and then I, uh, no secrets. No secrets. Don't tell anybody. No, no, no. You t- I know, but don't tell, don't tell anybody how I do this. And then I drop <laughs> the seed. And then I mow it in at 375. So I, I want to, on. I want to, try, you go wall to wall though. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, I'd love to try that. But when you don't oversee the roughs, I'm afraid that when guys are mowing, they're going to throw a seed. 
Uh, into the non-overseed. What are you putting out into the non-overseed? Are you putting a barricade or I, a pre-emergency? I've done barricade in the past, and I feel like it doesn't. I don't know. I mean, I, I'd rather just see what comes up and then spray it out. That's that's my opinion. Okay. I mean, I, well, then I, I that's feel, fine. I feel like, yeah, I feel like there's more times where you spend all this time putting pre-emergence down. And then you have to worry about it moving and causing seed not to germinate in there as you want it to. Then, all right, let's just see what we got and then spray it out immediately. No, I totally, yeah, I would understand that as well. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's a chance of it happening no matter what, right? Yeah. I mean, how many yeah. drop spreaders are you going around and around in a circle that when you're going up and down the fairways with Lily's or you get one of these guys to apply do, it for I do, you? Uh, I do two, two, one. With the big eight foot candy, and then I have uh, yeah Jason Barber with custom turf come out and do the fairways, and he's fine. He doesn't throw it under the roughs. So I, I think I'm gonna try your method on the back. I do the back of the driver range Monday, and I've mm-hmm. never mowed in the seed, and I feel like I'm I want to try it on uh, that day. You know, and I'm not range. saying it's this the next thing that you know. It's the only way I've ever done it. Uh, I learned it from Daddy. That's where we started doing it. So it's the only way I know. So why not just continue to keep doing it? But I'm telling you, you mow it and you get a little bit of that. uh, The clippings help as like almost, you know, a little bit of a mulch. Yeah. But I'm telling you, you get on your hands and knees and you dig and start looking for that seed. It is buried. It is buried. So when it starts shooting roots, it's ground contact right away. Do you feel that helps with the birds too? Fuck no. Those things got no. beaks, dude. <laughs> they have beaks. Hey, listen. I got the bird lady on today. Yeah. Dan, Dan, Dan is not here. Dan bailed on me, right? And Bree, the bird lady, came. She, I don't love all birds. Don't yeah. worry. So she's been my co-host all day. And uh, so careful what you say about the birds. She's sitting right here. No. I'm just asking. No, fuck, dude. dude birds USDA are gonna on speed dial. birds are gonna find seed. I mean, look at they find them in a, the stupidest things called bird feeders. Yeah. You know, I mean, they just all you gotta do is fill one, and boom, they're there in a second. So they're gonna find your seed no matter what you do. Did, did I ever tell you we found a uh, California quail completely puffed up? Um, a roadrunner caught it. It ripped off the top of its head, and you could see its neck jam-packed with seed. Oh, I yeah. I think <laughs> you did tell that story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, at, Highlands, oh, at Highlands, we used to have a flock of pigeons that came back on number 14 every year. They would come about a week before overseed and leave yeah. after about the second mow. And they're they were smart. not homing pigeons. And uh, we knew they were the same ones because there was one brown one in the whole mix. Yeah, a little brown and white one. The rest of them were your regular, whatever the fuck color that is, grayish blue, <laughs> gross. Yeah. That. Hey, uh, so stump the Peter. You got a you got a sipper today? Yeah, I'm 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 uh, we do our normal Friday night karama, so I'm just sipping on a little uh, Casamigos right now. Oh, nice, nice. I'm glad yeah. you finally joined us after like seven <laughs> times of. Bringing... I got my game together. Yeah, you got you nice. Well, uh, Bree bought some uh, Eddie Line Brewery. She was up in Colorado hiking in uh, River Runners Pale Ale. Uh, if you ever see it around, I've never seen this anywhere around here. Uh, even the where little... in Colorado? Uh, where, where is this? 
it's they got a nice tagline beers for your adventure it is uh i can't remember shit 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 it was buena vista colorado Eddie lime brewing company okay okay yeah peter's a colorado guy right i well i don't know where buena vista is i'm guessing that's south of denver I have, I have no idea. I didn't even. I mean, we picked it up in Durango, so I don't oh, okay. even know where it is. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> oh, what do you think she goes to Buena Vista for vacations? <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ! Well, if they have good mountains, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, they, they got a hiking trail. They're going. <laughs> uh so in honor of in honor of Bree, she's a she's a Browns fan. Mm-hmm. So we're going to Cleveland, my friend. Okay. Going to Cleveland, and uh, I don't know. Oh yeah, we're going to Ohio. I don't know if any of these are anywhere near, but uh, right. I don't have my uh, my stump the Peter guy, so I had to write these down and everything. So uh, hopefully, Matt didn't pick like the fifty eighth course. No, 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 no. <laughs> I went through the list, and I think we're in the top at least. I don't know if we're in the top. 25 but we're in the top 50 for sure and i okay. even i've heard of all i've heard of almost every one of these places okay uh first one care margo it's apparently number Margo's apparently, Seth, Seth Rainer. Seth i actually Rainer. interviewed oh really that. That, that is a very impressive golf course in cincinnati yes. uh number one golf course according to golf digest in yeah. ohio uh, very uh good golf oh cincinnati Oh, uh oh, <laughs> sorry. Hey, careful of where you name where they're actually located because it's the Indian Hill, Ohio. Cincinnati is sorry, Kentucky. It's not Cincinnati. Ohio. Yeah. Oh, she just called Cincinnati, Kentucky. <laughs> I like Cincinnati. Cincinnati's the only. Uh, well, I don't want. She's from yeah. Cleveland. Three uh-huh. years. I like Cincinnati. That's a big city. <laughs> You're from the, the Cleveland of area. Yeah. Yeah. She's. She's from the uh, Cleveland, the Browns. From real Ohio. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> All right, number two. We're gonna go to the Country Club. The Country Club is a peak dive design in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, I have somebody different. Wait, sorry. No, no, no. The Country Club. And that's not the one in Massachusetts where the U.S. Open is going to be. No, no, no. This is all Ohio. Yeah, the, the <laughs> country club. It's borderline why I picked it when I saw it was. Mm-hmm. Well, no, no, sorry, sorry. The country club in Cleveland. That's yeah. a William Flynn. Nailed it. Nice, yeah. nice. Uh, I'm glad. You, I'm glad you just stuttered and Googled. That's. No, that, I that was very good there, of you. There's, there's two. There's two. Uh, there's a Pete Dye one in Columbus, Ohio. That I thought's. Maybe I'm I'm thinking of something else, but yeah, there's there's so there's the country club, and then there's a club called um, there's actually a job posting on Cactus and Pine right now. That's the second course. There's two courses in Cleveland right next to each other um, that are both William Flynn's. But yeah, go on. Uh, that'll be interesting because uh, well, let's um, let me not give anything away. Let's go on uh, Double Eagle. Weisskopf Morris. Nailed it. I knew you would know that because you chuck out Weisskopf quite a bit. Morris, you chuck out quite a bit. Uh, good job. Look at you. You are three. You're, you're two and a half for three because you get a little confused. <laughs> but I'll I'll give you the William Flynn one. All right. We're three for three. Hyde Park. Hyde Park is down to Ross. Okay. Um, and I have a little slash because there's, there's a little redo there. 
You know who redid or helped out? To, uh, I do not know who did redid that. I'm Liddy. Guess Ron Pritchard or Keith Foster? Uh, no, Liddy is the name I Liddy. see. Okay, okay, Tim Liddy. Yeah, he's yep, a good Tim guy. Liddy. He's a Pete guy protege. Okay. Uh, and the last one, and I picked this because of its name, it's Pepper Pike. Yeah, that's the other one. That's a country called Pepper Pike. Uh, you almost also. gave it away when I said, well, yeah. let's see if this is the so other one we're talking about. So th- there are two very, very good – so, uh, Bree, Cleveland is very underrated for golf. Cleveland's got about eight oh. very, very good golf courses. She gave that duh look. <laughs> duh. I mean, right, right, when I think right when I think golf there. meccas, I am going dog pound. I'm right at Cleveland. Yeah, Jingweed's trip to Cleveland. Yeah, Jingweed's cl- no, trip to Cleveland in 2073. <laughs> No, but yeah, Country Club and then Pepper Pike are right next door to each other. They're both William Flint. Oh, nice. Very underrated designer. He's the one that did uh, Marion and uh, all kinds of golf courses. Yeah, there was. I was going to give you the softball that Dan likes to give you, and I was going to give you, you know, hey, let's go to the Marion or let's go to. Pretty good. So you it throw a sounds it, yeah. No, I the only other one that I know is Mirfield Village, and I was yeah, not going to give that. I wasn't going to give that away. Uh, so no, that was no, that one was sorry. too easy. When you said Country Club, the course I was thinking of is it's called the Golf Club. Oh yes, I did see that on the list. That's Pete Dye. That's sorry. That's where I stumbled. Golf Club, and then there's the Country Club. Ah. So Ohio's Ohio's being uh, pretentious by throwing out clubs like that. Uh, I got gotcha. you. I thought Bree was looking one up. I thought she had a sneaky one there for you, but I guess not. No, I just found Columbus Country Club, and I thought that's what you saw. All right, about. Columbus Country Club. Oh, jeez, Columbus. <laughs> I don't know that one. I'm gonna guess Ross on that one. I don't know. I think it's Tom Bendelo. Tom Bendelo. Oh, yeah. yeah, Bendelo. Yep. Yeah, he's a he's a known designer in the Midwest. Yeah, I think the Midwest and the East is going to be just softball after softball because there's so many <laughs> old, old courses well, you, there. Yeah, you you literally have a choice of six or seven guys, and you're going to get – if you know your courses, you're going to get it right if you guess one of those guys every time. Yeah, I know. So, you just start the wrong okay. – like anything in Massachusetts, it's just like Ross. <laughs> you just say Ross. You're going to get one of them, whether it's – Fuck! Who knows which one of them you did can, it, but you they can did give it. Me five, and I'll say Ross, and I'll get three out of yeah. them. <laughs> I don't know, Peter. You and five. You and five for five this week. That is Thank pretty you. solid. There's again. There's the Peter on the tarmac that we know knew to love. I'm glad you kind of sucked the first one because it makes it sound so much better when you really come through week after week. <laughs> Thank you. Hey. <laughs> And I'm glad you joined us. I'm glad you got the uh, sipper going this time. I'm glad all the rules. Yeah, so from here on out, we're going to have our own little thing. Absolutely. Awesome. Hey, uh, uh, good luck with Hey, <laughs> yeah, we got it. Uh, you want me to give you all my other secrets? 300 pounds an acre, painting it? Well, no, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm embracing that also. So, so we, had the, we had the little sit down with, uh, with Gant from Guru the other day oh, really? and yeah so he came out uh gant martin he's uh no free ads uh but he's with uh guru <laughs> uh guru scapes out of south carolina he's one of the sales reps and technical support uh we met at marley's uh with uh chad lewis with southwest uh turf support oh, yeah, and casey wednesday. yeah oh, was wednesday, it wednesday yeah. what's today friday yeah, yeah it was wednesday yeah. um 
Oh yeah, I had a rough day on Thursday. I want to forget Thursday. Go listen to this podcast after. I caught a fly in my ear, Peter. It's the most fucking disgusting story ever, and I won't get him back into it because I told the whole thing. It's fucking nuts. I could hear it buzzing an inch in my brain for two and a half hours. Oh gosh. Yeah, it was fucking nuts, and I had to. I had it in my head from eight in the morning until four thirty when I got it flushed out. Oh jeez. Yeah, I'm a fucking psycho, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's something wrong with me. But yeah, I got it. I killed it with peroxide. Cut the story short. Killed it with peroxide, and then had to go to the uh, urgent care later in the day, and got a legit housefly out of my head. Jeez. Yeah, I'm gonna. Uh, I'm getting talked into posting the picture. If not, I'll send you the picture anyways. It's fucking gross. <laughs> and he looked like he could have. And the napkin that I'll send you the picture of, he looked like he could have fucking. Dr- you know, how flies out. You can whack them to the ground, borderline step on them, and then. Two minutes later, they shake it off and fly away. I thought this little fucker was going to fly away. He was oh. good. All his, everything's intact. Yeah. It was an, he was planning on making a home. Dude, he was in, yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Until he saw the demons that would have haunted him forever. <laughs> he was like, I'm out of here, man. I'm going to get out of here. But no, uh, we had uh, Back to the Guru. So Gant Martin came out with uh, Guru Scapes and uh, had a little little get-together, a little do-to-do at... Uh, Marley's and uh, we talked about rates and all sorts of things and uh, there's a golf course out here and I bet you can pick which one don't even say it but they've talked about painting the entire thing pink for fucking breast cancer really yeah you know oh, who crap. you know who he is up on the hill you don't have to name his name yep. but he's got a yep. lot of money yeah yeah they've talked about painting it pink oh my gosh yeah they can make any color uh, there's other golf courses that have talked to them about instead of the non, you know, instead of spraying like Diquat and your non-overseeded roughs, they're going to talk about making a brown or a straw-colored paint. They can make any color you want. Same technology, any color you want. Uh, they're going to do that so you can paint your non-overseeded rough more of a straw color. Really? If you wow. want. Uh, they also have a uh, like a mulch color they've had for a couple of years where guys that do this pine straw and do mulch around trees rather than yeah. freshening every year. Exactly. Just go and paint it. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Uh, yeah, we're going to – he's coming back in uh, November-ish while we're all probably – some of us are painting. I mean, I have a bunch of it coming. I'm doing 300 pounds an acre, Peter. I, get, I better paint. Yeah. I got all my so seed you- Wednesday. Are you going out at 300 and then just calling it? Or are you going out at 300 and then freshening if need be? Uh, no secrets, but probably freshening. Yeah. I mean, I have enough to freshen, but the roughs will be 300. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the I, roughs will be I remember, 300. I remember uh, good old Chris Soto told us that they used to oversee the roughs at Gallery for that match play tournament at a pretty light rate because the thinner rate you go the more your ball is going to settle down in it. I mean, well, okay. that, was for yep, that makes golfers, sense. But yeah, that you makes know, it looks sense. good from far, but you know, when but far from good. Looks, yeah, exactly. Hey, whatever. We'll make it fine. Listen, we do what we do. And funny that you brought up Chris Soto. I mentioned, I got a little message from him. We're going up there to Montana next year. And I got a message exactly. from him the other day. Gonna, so gonna, what's up, Chris? <laughs> Wait a second. We, who's this? We, you and the mouse in your pocket. <laughs> You haven't been for two years, my friend. What are you just... There's... In, to, if we're going to Montana, I'll have to swing things. Oh, hold on. Wait, if we're going to Montana, you and all your friends, but I don't know where the, the jingweeds are going, but uh, Chris wants in, and I even said to him, I said, hey, a local, we're getting in. So... Yeah, yeah. I told him he might have to make a day trip over to the other side of the state, but he's coming. Absolutely. Good, good. Sounds good. 
<laughs> yeah, no, we'll tell you all about it. <laughs> you miss one, you miss them all, Peter. I know. I can understand. Okay. I can understand. All right, man. I appreciate uh, it once again. You. Good chat. I love always catching up with you and getting the banter going and uh, stumping the Peters. It's getting tougher and tougher. We may have to start reaching outside of that top 25. Right. It depends right. on where we're going. When we go, there, we go east of the Mississippi. We go yeah. east of the Mississippi. We'll go deeper than the than the top twenty five. Because I think because yeah. when in doubt, you just yell Ross. And there's five and ten states that have you know two golf courses, and then the rest are no namers. Which right. I'll struggle on those. But other than that, I'll. I'll That's I'll, all right. You'll at least have them for the next stump the Peter on the other podcast you're on weekly. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, buddy. Good chatting. Thanks. All right, later. Peter's awesome. Yeah. I always get him going. It's always (laughs) fun to have on. Uh, One more thing I want to talk to you about, the owls. So you're working with the uh, Wild at Heart, the Mm -hmm. same people that gave me my owls, which all left. They obviously didn't like my – the rent must have been too high there with their beautiful boxes. But they (laughs) bailed. But I kind of understand this. And tell me, do you – so I had a – pretty awesome experience two weeks ago so number seven uh six and seven are on the other side of saguaro boulevard and my spray rig doesn't fit underneath the road in the tunnel oh yeah so i have to drive across the road and then i go through on the back side of seven green there's an area i call it the bat cave it's like the old from the old batman (laughs) tv show you know and i wheel down in there and it's low enough that the roll bar on my spray rig, it brushes a couple of the branches and it kind of creates this little cave. Like uh, cruising through there, uh, probably about 6.30 in the morning and right over my head, no joke, two inches above, well, probably three feet above my head, I could have touched him, was a great horned owl that swooped down over my head and he had to get low enough because the branches are so low until he opened up out of the cave. I could see mm-hmm. his little bum hole. That's how close <laughs> he was. Okay. And his wings were as wide as the spray rig. Huge. Because I do have, I mean, a handful, I've unfortunately had to bury two of them in my nine years there that I've just found. One of them was in the middle of the road. The other one was out in the middle of the fairway uh, with no wounds anywhere. I uh, haven't seen that happen in probably three years, but with their presence, because they're the, tell me if I'm wrong, they're the baddest of badass owls. Great. Like they, um, yeah. They run the block. I mean, yeah. There's for, a bully. For, for our area, yeah. Yeah. Um, could my barn owls be like, no way and I'm out of here because these guys are around? Yeah. Um, competition will. Um what about Harris Hawks? So I have a yeah. clan of them that have been there forever, and it's got to be six or seven of them. Yeah, so that's <laughs> honestly all the birds of prey kind of compete with each other. So sometimes owls will steal a hawk's nest. Sometimes the hawks will actually steal the owl's nest. So it more, it more so comes down to, you know, personality. Um, because a barn owl could scare off a great horned owl if it wanted to. Um uh, but then more likely the great horned owl is probably going to be dominant. And then with Harris's hawks, because they're, they're one of the smartest because they've got that social hierarchy. It's like, do you really want to go after a gang? Yeah. Um, Cause they run, I mean, they run 
like a gang at my place. Yeah, I call them sky wolves because they have the same sort of social hierarchies and they live in that kind of structure, which is why they're so smart. So it's like, do you really want to take on a pack of hawks that are equipped with talons? No. Um, So that that could definitely, that's a big reason why the owls would probably leave because it's like, if I stay here, I'm going to get attacked. Right. Is that uh, what that was your question? Yeah, or? do I was just wondering if well it was kind of like tell the story of like this thing swooping literally 2 feet over my head, which oh. was awesome. Yeah. Uh, which was so awesome. You probably didn't hear like anything. Oh no, well uh I had earbuds in listening to oh. tunes at the same time. But yeah, he came right over my head. He freaked me out cuz <laughs> the little tunnel that this creates, or the little bat cave that it creates. He had only one way to cut through here. And all I probably did was just scare him out of the tree because I got so close to his nest. He just kind of freaked out. And the only way out was down and out rather than out the back door, to say, like out of the tree, out the back way. He came down down over my head and then had to fly the tunnel for another 20 yards before he could leave. Yeah, and that's actually... So a great horn's preferred flight is a U-shape, so... If that if that was like the route, he would rather take that route than try and go horizontally. Like too. or up or immediately. Up. Yeah, they like to go down and then up. That explains the whole thing to me. And he just wanted to say hi. Yeah. Well, as I say, it's the owl's my spirit animal. I see them everywhere Aww. all the time, all the time. Uh, you should get a tattoo of one. Uh, there is one in the works of the uh-huh. entire back being done in a, yeah. Oh, you should be a fighter. That would be yeah. awesome to see. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Just I'll keep it underneath <laughs> my shirt. Yeah. No. Owls. They're they're so cool, and that's people have so many connections to them. That's why I think it, they're good to have on the golf course because they're not only serving that pest control purpose, but people like to see them. They're yeah. one of the animals where people are like excited about and. Because you never see them, obviously, during the day. You very, very, very rarely see them during the day. You're going to see them just as the sun is coming up. Or, for us, we see them kind of a silhouette in the sky. Yeah. You know, as we're, we're, you almost see like a shadow in the sky with the headlights from the machines mm-hmm. projected down. But something out of the corner of your eye makes you look up and there it goes. is mm-hmm. going by you. And the only thing that's cruising around then, that big, is them. Yeah. Uh, so it's... I don't know it's that rare you know rare occasion that you're running into them that is the cool but whoa I saw one of those it's like Nessie you know or seeing <laughs> Nessie or the uh the yeti yeah. but at least these things are real yeah <laughs> exactly um so you're working with them doing uh replacing or homing burrowing owls yeah so um and that's one of the cool things about burrowing owls is they are more active during the day. Um, but they're a lot smaller. They're probably about the size of your hand if you take, like, your middle finger down to your wrist. Um, and they run around on the ground mostly. But if you spook them, they'll fly. Well, yeah, they'll fly short distances. But Almost like an immature dove, like how they could just kind of <laughs> up off the ground and down, and they don't really have a, a pattern. It's just kind of flutter yeah kind of like exactly like that yeah so so they're a little bit more fun because you'll you'll be able to see them and they're so darn cute like they are just so goofy and they love to turn their heads um and like rotate them to the side and almost look at you upside down and you're just like what are you doing and what are they going after so they're everything that lives because they they get in the ground because they take over basically a burrowing animal's 
home, correct? In yeah. The, in the wild rather than building them a condo like you guys do. Yeah. So that's what that's like. It's one of the reasons why they're struggling is because they're they still have talent. So they're not equipped to dig. Um, apparently, there's the subspecies in Florida has been learning how to dig. So they're more prone to dig. Um, but the ones out here in the West, they're pretty much you're taking over ground squirrels, prairie dogs, gopher tortoises, badgers. Are they eating them before they take over their home or is that too big for them? Mm, they could they could take down a small prairie dog. They can take down smaller ground squirrels, too. Um, I don't actually know how they work that out. Like or yeah, like do the owls just run in when the animal's gone and then right. they're like this is ours now um i don't know how they work that out exactly but and you know a lot of animals like that when they're rodents they'll build them and then a hawk will get them and then maybe the burrowing owls know it's empty okay. and then they'll take over so so that's one of the hard things is like they have to find that and now with development i mean this is another issue for us with water it's like why are, are so many people moving here and building new development when we're short on water they're also mostly taking away habitat. Yeah. So, and usually the burrowing owls are there and they're protected. So, okay. Cause I knew they were protected in California, but I didn't know they were, they are here as well or yeah. n- nationally. Um, I think, well, it's nationally, but states can do have different levels. So, um, but technically Western burrowing owls can migrate. So that would mean they're federally protected. Okay. So yeah, you, like if if a developer knows they're on their site, they have to call someone, or they could face a lot of trouble, which has actually happened. I think it was last year. I think they're still in the middle of that case. Oh boy, but, um, that's probably not one you want to be involved in. Just yeah. call before, call before you dig. Exactly. It's like, and there are residents that knew, so it was like you have people that are watching you, and you still opt to just suffocate them. Like, why? Yeah. <laughs> But so so usually what happens is they'll call and Wild at Heart is one of the biggest organizations with Liberty Wildlife. Um, those are kind of like the two around Phoenix. Uh, they'll come out and they'll take them in, but then they have to find where to go. Yeah. So right now Wild at Heart has like a few hundred that they're looking for places. Um, and the golf courses are easy habitat. And you worked with uh, Jonathan Williams down at uh, Whirlwind, right? Yeah, he jumped on Which that. Which is so. kind of Maricopa, South Chandler, Maricopa. Yeah. A uh, lot of open land outside of there because they're on a reservation, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so they got some protected land there. Yeah. Good spot for it. And they actually do have some natural burrowing owls there. Oh, so nice. So on, uh, which is it? oh god i think it's devil's call they have natural ones so we and we knew it's really good habitat so we put them on the other golf course so they wouldn't have to fight for territory um and this one's like over by there's an equestrian center off the property and that's Mm -hmm. really good spot for that burying owls to just fly over to and catch some rodents okay so um so yeah it ended up being an ideal spot we might end up putting a lot more burrows over there so you guys literally went in there and built condos for these things. Yeah, basically. That's what I like to call them. <laughs> You're just like taking what they're the big, um, those blue, those big blue drums. Yeah. 55 uh, gallon drums that we get basically fertilizer or something, but you take them clean. We turn them into trash cans after. Yeah. If only we could just recycle those. Yeah. But, um, 
Yeah, you just like cut them down probably about a third of the size and then you put holes through the side and have your piping yeah, kind of slope basically up. Basically like a three inch or four inch drainage tube. Yeah. Like perforated pipe and then cut a hole for them and there's yeah. their home. And then they work off of that borrowing their self or they live in the live in the drum and mm. use the pipe as their hallways. So that's that's kind of the experiment. Um the cool thing about Wild at Heart. In there? What? Did you put cameras in there? Oh, you, we just, they have like a long tube where we check them, but we don't have like permanent ones. That would be, if another golf course wants to do it, I would love to get like a trail cam in there because you can set certain ones up that don't bother them. And then you can, you could like play that in the clubhouse or something. Um, And this is why, like, I used to actually volunteer for Wild at Heart uh, when I first started being a waitress at Trim Country Club because... I had just quit zookeeping and I was like, I still want to work with animals. So that's what I was doing. And, um, they're, so that's when I learned, like, they're completely legit. Like I love the people that own yeah. that. Um, and then, so the guy there, he's kind of leading the West and trying to figure out what to do for burning owls. So that, that piping has, is what he's found it works. The problem is the owls, sometimes they like to start off with that size, but they like to build and expand it a little okay. bit so sometimes they'll uh like cut a hole in the piping and then they have to deal with the dirt coming in and but sometimes they'll just deal with it so like if we could have something that could expand on its own and then they could oh i got you yeah do whatever they like if if it could like dissolve over time or something that would be nice but for right now that's the best that he knows of okay. so it makes sense other than it's made out of the same thing as PVC pipe, so you guys are going to run out of that, too. Yeah, that's true, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because they want to do a, a big one, and so I, I, maybe he has a stockpile. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> Crazy. That's that's awesome, though, that, you know, anything. So Dan, if he was here, oh, you yeah. went out there, and you were going to put it, because he backs up against the National Forest, which would be a great spot. Yeah, and we, we went out there to, like, kind of scout the habitat, because you don't need as much, like, they do need open space. Like trees are not good for them because that's where Cooper's hawks can hide yeah. and owls and they'll pick them off. Um, so they do need a little bit of an open spot, but it's not as much as you think. And the golf course kind of counts as that open habitat. So yeah, we went out there and maybe that's the reason Dan doesn't want to be here today because yeah. he doesn't want to face me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, and the guy he found, he wanted to put in, I think three different pairs on along one of the holes that mm-hmm. border Tonto. I believe number 14 of White Wing is against, yeah, is against the National Forest. Yeah, so that's maybe in the works, but someone did not answer an email, so oh. we're all just waiting on him. Yeah, we're waiting on him, too. Maybe I should send him, <laughs> <laughs> I should send him a photo of the owls just looking really sad. Oh, shit. Um, that's So, funny. yeah, th- they might be next, and I know... There's a couple other, I, I'm not going to call them out just in case they can't do it, but yeah. yeah, there's a couple other. And so if anyone else wants to, please, re- like anywhere in Arizona, actually, they'll travel because they'd already travel for this. So if any golf course is interested, let me know and I'll come out and help. Like I help dig and I just volunteer. And yeah. Nice. Nice. That's cool. Um, what else we got to talk about? I think we're pretty much done. The the only other one thing that I wanted to touch upon, I believe, is uh, Hack Attack, which we're always talking about golf. Hack Attack ended. Uh, we played Phoenix Country Club last week. Uh, I believe, just a little recap, I believe this year we did 15. 
plus or minus a golf course. Uh, so we had a really good season this year. Uh, keep in mind next year, I know there's a couple of them. You guys down in Tucson and Maricopa, there's uh, Jimmy out in uh, Florence. He wants in. Uh, so we've got a couple guys that want to make us travel a little bit, but that's fine. Uh, we might not get 30, but as long as there's four of us who gives a shit, we're going to keep on playing. Uh, so anybody that's continued to be interested in it's the in my eyes one of the best networking ways to go even though uh it has been kind of talked about that it's a little clicky that's okay you guys can come join our click uh we're nice people uh and maybe you can get on to uh co-hosting one day when dan doesn't want to show up around maybe episode 168 uh but anything else you want to cover i see you went Um. right to your notes as i said anything else all right because i do all right let's go uh first i just want to say one thing before i forget because i forgot earlier with it being uh thank a superintendent week i'm only here because of superintendents and my job only exists because of that and i'm only going to stay here um and i want to give a quick thank you to the to seth miller at troon country club because he's the first one that i met on the and if he was a dick to me, I would have easily continued thinking golf courses suck and probably would be voting against you in the water right now. But he, that golf course changed my entire perspective. So I always thank Seth because he's the reason I'm here. And then, and Brian Hampson, I met him. He was corporate agronomist at Troon. I met him in Wyoming when I was working on the powder horn out there. I think he lit the spark at corporate and him, Dave Nichols, and Jeff are the ones who created this job for me. So I want to thank them specifically because I love this job. It's just like, you know, doing these things to support the superintendents, and it's so much fun. Anything you can do to walk around with a giant camera around your neck and a couple pairs of binoculars and get paid for it? Exactly. I think you're home. <laughs> yeah. I think you're home. With maybe even your hiking sticks. Exactly. Yeah. Like I mean, I thought there. I would be out there in the hiking world doing that every day but this is this is just as fun doing yeah you get to sleep in your own bed every day yeah exactly camping's cool until (laughs) it's like day four it's like all right we're gonna get home this ground stinks and bloody blisters blisters. uh, that i couldn't walk for like a week after we got back from colorado that sucked but so yeah i just want to make those shout outs because yeah i don't get to do what i do unless unless people like you yeah, are we engaged. do we do yeah and the, and i think it's so much fun to represent you even on this water like the water stuff isn't fun but i like to be able to do this and give back and try and help more people change their minds like i did right um, and, and we thank you for doing all like i said to those people that don't want to fill out their reports right they're a little bit afraid about and you being a uh, sounding board kind of for us uh so we thank you for doing the stuff that we fucking hate doing. <laughs> hate yeah. doing. Superintendents, and de- we got into this so we didn't have to do paperwork. We got into it so we don't have to sit on cubicles. We got into it so we don't have to answer emails. Thank God I have one of those jobs where I just drive up to the clubhouse and I just talk face-to-face. Exactly. Pound for pound, I'll say it a million times, I have the best job in the Valley. Yeah, I do, I I do miss one that. one person. It's great. <laughs> and then um, I just wanted to touch... So the fifth management plan is probably going to pass pretty soon. Um, I just want to mention something for the future because now we have this fifth management plan. We don't know how long it's going to last for. Um, 
I think it's incredible what something that everybody can do that's in their control right now is to make sure that everyone in your social circles understand how much water we're using because um, I think well actually I've been taking an informal survey so this is why I've been looking at my notes I've been asking golfers on the golf courses how much water they think what percentage of water they think that golf courses you take just up. wheel up to these people and just hey what's yeah. up <laughs> well and like uh because i'm a super good golfer now when i'm <laughs> golfing with these groups i'll ask them or sometimes i just go and bird watch when my boyfriend's golfing and i just ask, like yeah. after you're talking to them for nine holes 18 i just i'm like hey can i ask you a quick question because they end up knowing what i do yeah um and then sometimes like in, when i'm in the grocery store or something talking about my jobs i'll be like hey so wh- like what do you think about this so i mean it's still a pretty small sample size but uh from what I've got so far, golfers think golf courses are taking up 15%, uh, one five of the water in the state, and non golfers think it's 36. So, and we're only taking two. <laughs> so it's like even golf, I think it's really important for superintendents, you know, if you're writing a newsletter, write an article on water. Make sure everyone that's working at your golf course, your members know, so that they can talk to more people and more people know. Because I looked up some stats, too, and it looks like from the 2020 census uh, and the National Golf Foundation survey, 93% of Americans don't golf. And the number might be a little bit lower here in Arizona since we're a big golf state. But if you think about that, it's most of the public is is not golfing right and then they're thinking you take a third of the state's water i would just i would say like if you're talking to your friends and stuff like because i was on a hike the other day um up in cave creek and it was looking out over the city and one of the things people said was like oh look at that golf course and then they're like yeah they take up all the water and i was like whoop excuse me (laughs) yes um so it's like it's things like that like in your everyday life if you can just educate them and just Make sure that your friends know so that they can tell people. I'm glad you're doing this because I'd be like, hey, fuck, hey, wait a second, you fucking <laughs> asshole. You know, you're like, no, excuse me. Excuse me. Uh, no. Yeah, That's... I think I could get away with it because everyone thinks I'm a kid when I'm talking yeah. to them. But yeah, maybe so tell your spouses and your your friends, <laughs> maybe other people that are saying it nicer yeah. can speak on your behalf. Um, and then. I think it's also important to do these other projects like the owl. Um, there's gopher tortoises looking for places to go. Yeah, I Anything. saw the desert tortoises. What are they called? Um, they, you call them gopher tortoises? I think they're the Sonoran gopher tortoise. Okay, but I just know them as desert. the desert tortoise, yeah. Yeah, um, but like anything like that where you're reaching out to the community or the environment and showing this other side, it's hard to quantify that, but it helps change that perception like that's where I came from was thinking and I never had been on a golf course mm-hmm. but if you guys get more of that out there and can speak to it I think that I mean it's not gonna it's not gonna change the world but I think the more someone can associate a golf course with something else um, maybe that will if they can see a value in it I guess is what I'm trying to say okay. even though they're not a golfer like you know there's plenty of things like the oxygen they breathe yeah, that would be, yeah. See, that's something they don't think about. No cooling effect. No. They um, steal our oxygen. Those people steal my oxygen. Yeah, they, that's yeah. how I look at them. So yeah, I mean, simple-minded. 
like don't underestimate those things and because i think the more that you can do that the better it'll be in or a little bit easier for us in the future is if people kind of associate you with something else other than rich people yeah. being mean and cackling while they take all the resources because yeah, they they equate that probably the non-golfer just looks at the golfer and it's the same person that i see like what in the world happened to that person that entitled piece of shit yeah you know that's how i look at them and the non-golfer probably looks at them the same exact way and just oh this is for those people right so it's that same kind of like nasty thought in your head that i have for them yeah and they're and that's what i need them you need them we all need them they pump a lot of money into this economy man right but they're not all like that which is like my boyfriend golfs and I'm like, oh, wait, you golf? You don't seem like a golfing yeah, bro. He's a one percenter. Like I, oh. I, yeah, <laughs> I played. Okay. So we play in our uh, men's club down at GCU that I talk about a lot. This week, this past weekend, we had our quote, our President's Cup. It's kind of like the club championship type thing. And I got stuck with a guy that was just whining and complaining the whole time. And a problem when I say the whole time, the first five holes. Till I finally was like, listen. Yikes. And he knew, because I played with him before, and he knows what I do. And I mentioned about, like, you know, the podcast and, you know, hey, this is kind of, you know, what I do. And if you want any information on because he was kind of whining and complaining about the golf course. And it's like, dude, not one thing about this golf course has caused any problems with your golf game other than the asshole that's holding the other end of the club. <laughs> Yeah. That's the only thing that's caused all this problem, you know? And finally I was like, yeah, I got a podcast, you know, and I talk about our industry and he's like, Oh really? He's like, you know, what, what kind of things do you talk about? And I was just like, I rip on people like you <laughs> that have no fucking clue what we do yet sit here and can judge this thing up and down, but you'll never walk up to the person that does it day to day and ask the question, what is it? that you do or why is this like this why are your bunkers not raked today you've never asked that he has four dudes working for him or all the issues right. that you could come up with and or you've never walked up to him once and said man those greens were tough to putt today because they were like glass they were healthy they were green you've never you ain't sure shit never said that but mm-hmm. the first thing you'll do is when you shank one into the shit underneath the tree, you'll go, oh, it's wet over here. You're 40 yards right of the fucking fairway where you should be hitting. Okay? <laughs> there are times when we have to sit and worry about the corridor of play, like where we play the game of golf. There's some areas, yeah, on my place that are the weakest areas of the places that we should never have to worry about hitting a club out of. Yeah. You work from the hole backwards. You know, it's kind of how I look at taking care of, like, make the best from the hole backwards. Mm-hmm. The same way you should learn the game of golf, from the hole backwards. You should never learn it or take care of it from the tee forward. Oh, so that's what I've been doing wrong. That's your problem. Yes, you should be putting, 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 chipping, chipping, uh, chipping, shoot. chipping, seven iron, seven iron, seven iron, maybe a five iron, never touch the three iron, borderline never to hit those hybrids. <laughs> In the driver, start the hole from where your boyfriend hits his second shot. I promise ah. you the game will be that much better. Because you're not going to hit it in the shit. 
That's what I used to do. So, anyways, I nuked him, and he had nothing to say for the rest of 14 more holes. So, you're nicer than I am. I would. I just was like, listen, I'm not listening to this shit all day long. You know, and he's, he's ripping on a very good golf course. I've said it a thousand times. GCU is pound for pound in the state of Arizona as a public golf course for what you're going to pay. It's one of the best ones out there. Uh, wide open. You can smash the thing everywhere, and you're never going to lose a ball. But it's you could play with a very good golfer in the same group with a first-timer or someone that's new to the game or maybe just an older person that just doesn't hit the ball as far. And you can each play different tees, and you are going to get the same exact hazards at the same exact time. There's no carrying anything from anywhere if you're playing your correct tees. It's just it's fair as fair can be. And it's 40 bucks, yeah. 45 bucks with a city card in season. Yeah, that's And everything else idea. is charging 100, 100 minimum. Um, and then the golf course gets beat up because of that, because it's getting a lot of play, because it is cheap. Don't hammer on the place. Like, it's, I don't know, you can go on forever. Listen to the From the Jingweeds, episode 68, 69. Oh, we're going to be, <laughs> yep, we got that one next week. Anyways, <laughs> let's close this out. Bree, I want to thank you so much for being my co-host, not just a guest today. Uh, fun times. Uh, we're going to yeah. definitely do it again. You're a two-time repeater well no you're a one-time repeater two-time guest you're in second place uh with that i'm gonna say later stay pissed everybody bye thank you